Homily for the Fourth Sunday of Advent December 18th, 2022 St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks St. Joseph appears in four of the five windows of the joyful mysteries of the Rosary along the south wall of the nave. The artist gives us subtle clues about St. Joseph's life through the way he is presented, as well as ample fruit for our reflection. St. Joseph is fully engaged in the welfare of the Holy Family, as evidenced, for example, by his holding a cage of two doves as the sacrifice to offer at the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple. The garments that he wears are more muted shades of purple and brown, representing him as a sinner who needs forgiveness, in contrast to the bright colors worn by the sinless Blessed Virgin Mary. We could call St. Joseph the silent saint. Not once in all four of the Gospels is there a quotation, even of one word, from him. It is surprising that for someone so important, his actions literally do all the talking. Despite this, we have a lot to learn from St. Joseph. Let's begin, though, by studying the relationship between Joseph and Mary, because St. Matthew assumes some knowledge on our part that we may not possess. According to the Law of Moses, an engagement prior to marriage enjoyed a sort of legal standing. The marriage ceremony included a formal procession to the bride to, to the... Uh, of the bride to the groom's home, only after which they began to live under the same roof. In modern times, being engaged has flexibility so that the calling off of that engagement bears no consequences other than the emotional toll on the parties involved. But 2,000 years ago in Palestine, in the event of a break in the relationship, the groom-to-be would need to obtain a certificate from the religious authorities officially testifying that it is over. Instead of a straightforward storybook courtship between Joseph and Mary, a crisis unfolds. Somehow, we're not told exactly how, Joseph learns that his betrothed is with child. Joseph knows he is not the father. He is hurt and confused. Mary is the holiest person he has ever known. It is not in Joseph's heart to despise or punish Mary. However, he highly regards the precepts of religion. Perhaps he could bring the engagement to an end quietly without inviting public disgrace upon her or a fate far worse than that. Meanwhile, we must not overlook Mary's silence. Her perfect surrender to God even leads her to the extreme of not defending her honor or innocence. She prefers to suffer suspicion and shame rather than to reveal the work of grace in her. As far as we know, Mary doesn't race over to Joseph's house and say, Wait, I can explain everything. Faced with a fact that was inexplicable in human terms, she abandons herself completely to the love and providence of God. There's a spot in today's gospel where the translation that we use makes the waters a little murky. Chapter 1, verse 20 introduces Joseph's dream with the words, Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared. Well, that's fine as far as it goes, but then when he, we examine the Latin, 
Haikautem eo cogitante, meaning literally, but as he considered this. The statement, such was his intention, is so weak by comparison. It's not yet a done deal for Joseph. He's still actively wrestling with the problem in his mind. Joseph's sense of justice goes beyond religious scruples and seeks out obedience to God's will. When coming to him, the angel did not find a locked door. Imagine the great joy of our Blessed Lady once Joseph told her that he believed her pregnancy had a supernatural origin. Imagine her peace of mind and security in knowing that he would not abandon her. St. Joseph was an ordinary sort of man on whom God relied to do great things. Joseph is not just tacked on to the Christmas story. His marriage of the Blessed Virgin Mary accomplishes three main things. One, it makes Jesus a descendant of King David by means of Joseph's bloodline, fulfilling a key prophecy. Two, it retains Mary's honor as mother of a son without threat of a legal penalty. Three, it assures their protection during events such as their escape of King Herod into Egypt. Is Joseph his own man? Yes and no. He was very docile to hearing God's instruction, but had the personal initiative to see it through, rather than to discount those instructions by human logic. As we draw nearer to Christmas, the church also gives us Isaiah's prophecy to King Ahaz. The Hebrew word translated here as virgin, Alma, primarily means maiden or poor one. One who is poor lacks her own resources and depends heavily on God. Here we see a specific correlation to Mary, who was not of royal birth, but whom God had chosen just the same. As for this passage, King Ahaz was a wavering and inept person, on whom Isaiah nearly had to force his prophecy. Ahaz's son, Hezekiah, is revered as one of the best kings of Judea. During Hezekiah's reign, the city of Jerusalem withstood a frightening invasion from the neighboring kingdom of Assyria. Miraculously, their immense army was turned away. The lesson here is that God has it in his power to bring things to a good conclusion, even when it is not merited. The name given to this son of a virgin mother is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. But in order to appreciate fully what has happened, we need to elaborate on that a little bit. The child of Mary is the king of all ages born into time. The boy whom Joseph would raise and nurture is the savior of his people from their sins. Maybe we ought to translate Emmanuel as God is in this together with us. Rather than to stand far off at the other end of the universe to receive our prayers, God has come into our midst and willingly shared our lowly human condition. So what do we learn from St. Joseph? For one thing, his devotion to those he loved was steady as a rock. Young women often wonder if the men whom they are dating are too consumed in their hobbies and their toys to be good husbands and fathers. Every time Jesus and Mary needed him, St. Joseph was unquestionably loyal and came through for them. One of the titles we use to revere St. Joseph is 
patron of the universal church. God, who entrusted his beloved Son and Christ's blessed Mother to St. Joseph, now invites us to go to Joseph and place ourselves in his intercessory care. Joseph is also a source of consolation for those in grave distress. We acclaim him as the patron of a happy death. According to tradition, Joseph passed away at some point before our Lord began his public ministry. Who was more blessed than Joseph to have both Jesus and Mary keeping prayerful vigil at his bedside? We learn from St. Joseph that the key to strong fatherhood is to exercise spiritual headship within the family and to avail oneself of God's grace. Dads, I want to challenge you to take St. Joseph as your model. Many of you try your best, and I am privileged as your pastor to see it in lots of contexts. But the Holy Spirit prompts us to keep stretching and growing. Think of St. Joseph's intercession impacting both your words and actions. Don't just talk about the importance of having faith. Make your faith important to you. Don't just appreciate the mercy of God. Lead the way by being the first one of your family in the confessional. Don't just talk about the Sunday Mass obligation. Bring your children here every single Sunday and receive our Lord in the Eucharist right alongside them. Be the kind of men that you want your daughters to marry by the way you protect them and the way you treat your wife. Be the kind of men your sons will want to emulate in putting in an honest day's work, respecting yourselves, and respecting your neighbors. Each generation needs to make real and active Christ's place in our lives. Fix your eyes on St. Joseph and rest assured that he will take you to Jesus. Amen.